Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. When I started this podcast, there was a few people I knew that I really, really wanted to get on and Alicia Rose Kruger is one of those. So Alicia really opened my eyes to the way that our bodies and hormones as women really work even when we're not aware of it. And she's taught me how we can use this knowledge to thrive in life and in business. So Alicia's a feminine embodiment facilitator, menstrual cycle coach, holistic pelvic care practitioner and a creatress. She holds space for us women to come home to ourselves through embracing our sacred cycles and reclaiming our innate feminine power, which I think a lot of us, I know speaking of myself, just wasn't really aware of. Alicia supports women through her online coaching, her holistic pelvic clear treatments, yoga classes, women's circles and workshops. So listen in as we discuss what the inner seasons are. And if you haven't heard about these before, I'm sure your mind's going to be blown just like mine was and how we can use them to our advantage to avoid feeling feeling burnt out, fatigued, hearing that inner critic so loudly and lots more. So if you're anything like me that's super interested in learning more about ourselves and how we can understand really what's going on in our bodies to use it really to the benefit of us, you're going to love this episode. So let's get into the show. It is awesome to have you join me. Thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your time today. I thought I'd just give listeners a little bit of an idea into how we met. So we met at a business retreat probably going on two years ago now, I think. And that was through our mutual friend, Danny Hunt of Neverland Studio and the Brand Bazaar. We were up in like the Byron Bay hinterland and I met you and you were the first person that I'd ever heard talk about there really is a cycle in our inner seasons. So I've kind of been looking into it more and more over those past couple of years. And I always love seeing what you teach, Alicia. So I would love to hear kind of how this journey began for you. Essentially, my journey with getting curious about the menstrual cycle started because mine was like not normal at all. When I first got my period as a teenager, I was experiencing migraines and nausea and vomiting and extreme period pain. And so um, I ended up going on the pill quite soon after getting my period, just because that's kind of what you did back then. Around eight years later, when I was 21, I started getting into this world of health and wellness and tapping more into my body wisdom and started to get to know more about how the pill actually interacts with your body. And I decided that that wasn't something that was in alignment for me anymore. So I stopped taking it. Basically what I was left to deal with was the fallout of all of the symptoms I'd had when I was 13, exacerbated and amplified by eight years of being on the pill. And in amongst there, I was also on antibiotics for my skin for a couple of years. My cycle kind of took over my life for a while. In all honesty, like I had really bad cystic acne. My cycles were really long. Sometimes they would be like two months between periods. I was experiencing crazy premenstrual mood swings. I was feeling almost mildly depressed before my period. Breast tenderness, cramps. Like I would get cramps for about two weeks before I would bleed. It basically started because I wanted to just have a regular cycle and I really wanted to heal my skin because being 21 and having a face full of awful cystic acne was not exactly a confidence builder. (laughs) I can imagine. I don't even remember how long it took me to get my period back after coming off the pill because all I was really focused on at that point was my skin. So that was kind of my gateway. And then, of course, I got into learning about, you know, how my hormones are affecting that, what the pill had actually been doing to my body, how... I needed to support my liver, all of these things. And then because I was kind of immersing in this world of podcasts and books and all the things, and I got to learn a little bit around how the menstrual cycle affects us also emotionally and creatively and how our kind of superpowers and vulnerabilities change across the four phases or seasons of the cycle. And it was just kind of like going down this rabbit hole. I started to integrate little things into my business and my relationships and the way that I was structuring my life and 
I watched my relationship with my body and also food and exercise, which had I had quite a rigid, unhealthy relationship with food and exercise for a lot of my teens and my early 20s. Yeah, and I, this is why it's so interesting to speak with you, actually, Alicia, because we kind of think we've got to be going, going, going like every week and doing this high intensity stuff every week and all that type of thing. And I think what we're taught or heard of about our cycles is, I know for me, it was just about our oh, PMS. Or you just get a bit cranky before you get your period. And that's basically it. But I know, thanks to you and other women, that there's so much more to it. So would you tell us, yeah, a little bit more about those different inner seasons, as they're called? Basically, there are four inner seasons in your menstrual cycle. And they're a little different to the biological phases of the cycle. So you may have heard terms before, like follicular phase, ovulation, your luteal phase, you know, your premenstrual phase, those kind of terms. And they definitely do align in some ways, but they don't correspond exactly. And the reason why I love the framework of the inner seasons is because it really reminds us that we are in a cycle. We're changing every day. It's not like now I'm ovulating, now I'm premenstrual. It's if you you think of the seasons in the outside world, so the inner seasons are the same as the outer seasons, winter, spring, summer, and autumn. If we look at nature, the middle of winter is quite different to the end of winter. The beginning of summer is quite different to peak summer. Like every single day, there are these subtle shifts happening. It's the same with us as women. So I love this framework because it feels really like the embodiment of the feminine and reminds us that we are constantly in a state of change. We're a different woman from day to day. So just to give you a brief sort of introduction to the four seasons, the inner winter is your period. So that's when you're bleeding. So day one of your menstrual cycle is the first day of your period. In a winter, depending on how long you bleed for, might be, say, like four to six days, maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter. Everybody is unique. But that is a time for rest, for replenishing your energy, for receiving. It's a time where we get to allow any responsibilities that aren't urgent to fall away so we can really take the time to be with ourselves. It is a time where... If you make the space to rest and to nourish yourself, that's where all of your insights and clarity and intuition and downloads, like all of those come through. As I said, it's really a season for receiving, being in relationship with your intuition and turning inward and really kind of gathering your resources for the cycle ahead. So you're replenishing your energy, but you're also receiving all of the ideas and the inspiration and all of that goodness that's really going to allow you to intentionally use the energy of the remainder of your cycle you know and this has been one of the biggest gifts for me in this practice is learning that when I rest during that time when my body is asking me to rest then I have so much more energy I have so much more to give for the rest of my cycle and when I don't rest during my period often I don't experience the heightened energy around ovulation that should be coming with that kind of peak of the cycle we have to embrace all of the seasons and their fullness to really receive the gifts from them. There is a lot to love about your inner winter, about your period. It just takes a bit of a mindset shift, especially if you have been conditioned to see rest as a weakness or something that shouldn't be a priority. Or if you're someone who experiences challenges around your cycle, like really bad period pain, things like that, I know it can be hard to see the gift in that time because I've been there. But, you know, once you can sort of balance out whatever hormonal or emotional things that are causing those symptoms, that's your time for you. That's the time where you get to come home to yourself before you move back out into the world. So there's a lot to be said for embracing rest there. Awesome kind of summary of winter. Yeah. Tell us the next one, Alicia. So your next season is the inner spring. So that starts after your period finishes. So say, for example, around day five or six of your cycle, and it would last, if your cycle was like a regular 28 to 30 day cycle, then your spring would probably take you up to about day like 12 or so. If your cycle's longer, it's going to stretch out a little longer. So you've got to feel into where you're moving from one season to the other. But if you think of spring in the outside world, it's the season where everything is kind of starting to awaken, starting to come into bloom. There's this really light, playful energy. The archetypal energy that's associated with the inner spring is the maiden. So she's that really assertive, confident, playful, liberated kind of energy. And there is this real lightness to the inner spring. It's sort of like you're coming out of the cocoon of winter. If you've rested and you know dropped into that, you're feeling really anchored in what it is you want to create. That's when that natural motivation and inspiration starts to rise. 
it's also the time where we feel naturally quite confident and assertive and sovereign in ourselves. So it's a time where our inner critic is generally quite quiet. And so that allows us to play in different ideas and just be experimental and playful in our lives. And that applies to our work, whether it's, you know, for me, for example, I've just coming up to the end of my inner spring. And last week for me was a lot of attending events and networking and creating things in my business and just being really playful, even with my schedule, like my schedule wasn't as structured as it perhaps might have been. Or in your personal life, that might look like going to try out a new dance class or just embracing some play and releasing some of the rigid structure. That's when your energy is rising, both your physical energy and your creative and mental energy. So we're kind of ascending that peak up toward ovulation. I find it so fascinating and interesting and so helpful because you just spoke, Alicia, about you've just been to quite a few events in the past week or so because you're in your inner spring. I think a lot of people could probably realize that during some times of the month, they might not have put this together with it being the inner seasons, but there are those periods when they're like, oh, I just don't want to go out. I just don't want to go out. I'm definitely like that. And then other weeks it's like, yeah, let's like go catch up with people. If I'm probably in my inner spring or summer, I'll be like messaging everyone. Let's, let's catch up. Let's catch up. Get all these dates in the diary. And sometimes they fall in like winter or autumn. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go out anymore. I just want to stay in and be with myself. So, but it, it's really interesting once you start realizing. So um, thank you for sharing those two so far. What you said about the inner summer, like that's a time in the cycle where it's around ovulation. So your actual biological ovulation only lasts for like one to two days, but the energy of the inner summer lasts usually about a week. So if you cross over from your spring to your summer around, say, day 12, 13, then your inner summer will probably take you up to about day 20, 21, depending on the length of your cycle. It's that superwoman phase of the cycle. It's the phase that we use as a benchmark for how we're supposed to feel. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's the time where you have so much energy. You feel really generous with your time. There's this natural kind of optimism and feeling like everything is working out in your favor. It's really, I almost think of it like wearing rose tinted glasses. You kind of have the capacity to hold everything. And so you do. Like it's the time where you can work the long hours, feel really focused, feel super creative, feel like you want to be out connecting with everyone. It's the most social time of the month because it is that kind of outward focused energy and what you were saying before about you get to your inner summer and then you like book in all the things and then come out <laughs> and fall later. It's so true. Like the inner summer woman wants to just be everything to everyone. And often if we don't realize that that's just one season, we overcommit ourselves for the rest of our cycle. And then when we start to shift into our inner autumn. Like almost, even though I know a little bit about this still, it's like, oh, this is great. You feel like you're going to feel like that for forever kind of. So it's kind of coming to peace with, okay, I've just got to thrive in, in this inner summer, make the most of it now and know that this is, yeah, this is just one stage of, of the cycle and kind of accept that and realize as well, if you've got any help as well, Alicia, for you kind of said it's the time that we wish we were always like. And I think then when it comes to the autumn and then the winter, we really need to slow down a little bit and rest. I might jump in just to ask you now, like around how can we do that when we feel like maybe we're letting ourselves down or letting people down or we're being lazy or, or that type of thing? That's such a huge piece. And it's something that I'm really passionate about talking about because for me, although my journey with the cycle started because of health issues, it very quickly became a journey for me of dropping out of that really masculine mindset of hustle and burnout and leaning into how I could honor the rhythms of my body to live in a more feminine way. Because I think often as women, we feel like we're constantly ignoring our body wisdom or pushing ourselves beyond the boundaries of what actually feels good because society tells us that we always have to be producing something in order to be successful. We learn um, inherently that rest is lazy, that if we're not creating or being productive all the time, that you know we're not worthy or we're not enough. And I used to absolutely hate my premenstrual phase, my inner autumn. And I used to see my period as an absolute inconvenience. I would dread it. 
I was that person who was still like at the gym on day one of my cycle because on Tuesdays I go to spin class and that's what I do. I think it just starts with knowing that you want that to change and recognizing that there's room for improvement in your relationship with rest and with your cycle. There are kind of two pieces to it the way that I see it. The first one is like educating yourself around your cycle so that it almost gives you permission to be kinder to yourself because you recognize that ah, my inner critic is getting louder because I'm in my inner autumn or I'm going to be really focused and creative during my inner summer. So that's when I'll book in my most important project, whatever it is. And then the other piece is giving yourself the time to rewrite those stories. So for me, it was getting curious around what would it look like if I started to rest more during my period? Like for example, taking day one of my cycle off from work where I could. And when I first started doing this, I was not working, but I was still, I recognized that I was still basically filling my day with like a to-do list of self-care. Like I had to do some yin yoga and I had to go for a walk and I had to do my journaling and set my intentions and do all the things. And so it took some practice for me to learn how to really lean into the rest that I wanted to give myself at that point in the cycle. And then with time, I realized that the more deeply I sink into rest during that phase, everything just flows so much more easily throughout the rest of the cycle. I have more energy. I feel more joyful. I'm more creative. I've kind of over time collected new evidence to support the new beliefs that I want to live by. I was watching one of your, I think it was one of your live videos and you talked about if you can rest on day one of your cycle and I did it and I kind of took a a bit of a bad day and it felt so good because I think when we work for ourselves, especially like we never really take a sick day. We never really, I don't know, we're always on. So it was amazing to actually like listen to your advice and be like, no, I can do this. To know that if I could just slow down and rest a little bit, then everything else, like you said, is going to be even better rather than trying to push through and stay on. It's super helpful to be aware and then to start slowly, slowly putting these things into place. But we better talk about autumn because I took you off track. (laughs) Yeah. So your inner autumn is about the last seven-ish days of your cycle. So again, if you had a 28-day cycle, it would be like day 21 to day 28. If you're tracking your cycle in some way and paying attention, you'll really notice this shift. It's almost like a little pull to turn inward. It's when we start to become more internal. And it's a time in our cycle where a lot of our hormone levels drop really suddenly. And so we, it can feel quite abrupt sometimes. Sometimes it can feel really gentle if we've really honored the three seasons before that. If you didn't really rest during your period or you have hormonal issues going on or you've overcommitted yourself and you've been really stressed, often it will feel like you've kind of slammed into a brick wall when you're in autumn arrives. This is a season that I used to dread and now it's actually one of my favorite seasons. I just want to presence that because if you're someone who doesn't have a love for your premenstrual phase and your period, I just want you to know that that can change with a bit of a perspective shift and a bit of practice. It's a time, as I said, where we start to move into a more yin energy. So we're really kind of winding down in the lead up to our period. It is a time where like we have some pretty epic superpowers in this phase that don't get spoken about. Like, as you said, there is a lot of, you know, negative talk around our premenstrual phase. It's just, that's the time where we get a bit crazy and we're tired and we're moody and whatever it is, but there are a lot of beautiful things. So for example, it's the time in our cycle where we're really, really connected to our intuition and our truth. And that's often why we can be quite blunt in the way that we express ourselves because we're so anchored in truth and we don't have any tolerance for anything that isn't truth. That's a good positive for us, isn't it? Actually clear some things out. <laughs> yeah, and I swear I can tell when women on social media are in their premenstrual phase because that's the time when you'll get on a live or get on a post and it's just like this passionate, heartfelt rant, you know, about things that maybe at other times in your cycle you'd be like, oh, what are people going to think? Should I, shouldn't I? We have this unapologetic truth telling, which is really, really potent. And that also makes it one of the most creative times in the cycle. That truth telling power, that passion, that wild woman energy, and that deep connection to your intuition, that's when some really potent stuff can come through, especially in the first few days of your inner autumn, where you're still feeling a lot of that energy of the inner summer lingering. You know, as we move deeper into the inner autumn, our energy starts to dip that's a time where we're really starting to wind down and so it's a time where we get to kind of clear and edit and refine and tie up any loose ends so that we can close the door on that cycle and start a new one and so 
that is often a time in a cycle where we naturally tend to nest and clean and tidy. Oh my gosh, I've just like done the Marie Kondo of my house. You can tell what uh, stage I'm in. (laughs) I mean, and that's a gift in itself. That's a time where when you're ovulating and you're in your peak creative summer, you don't want to be doing the washing or cleaning out your Google Drive or going to renew your driver's license. But those last few days of the cycle naturally want to tidy and edit and maybe we don't have as much creative or mental energy. And so for me, like those, the last like day or two before your period is what's called the void. So you drop into that space where it's almost like you feel that separation from the outside world. And that's often the time where you feel like you're just totally unproductive and it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't get anything done. There's no point in me scheduling any important creative work for the last couple of days of my cycle. But I can schedule all the little admin things that wouldn't interest me at any other time in the cycle because they're easy to do. It doesn't matter really how I'm feeling. I can get them done. And then I still feel like I'm using that time in a really powerful way. The inner autumn is the natural home of your inner critic. That's often when that voice comes in that's like, I'm such a failure. I'm not doing enough. What's wrong with me? You know, that's the time where we can easily fall into the comparison trap, find ourselves scrolling through social media, thinking that we're never going to get to where we want to get to. It's also the time where we want to make some really impulsive decisions. Like, I'm going to end my relationship. I'm going to quit my job. It's nice to keep that in mind because especially when we get to the very end of our cycle and our energy is at the lowest point and we are perhaps having a hard time, if you give it a couple of days, you'll probably feel quite different. That's so true and kind of reminds me of the entrepreneurial cycle. If people have seen that, it's kind of like, I'm amazing. This is great. Oh, crap. I don't know what I'm doing. Then you kind of go down. I'm a failure. I can't do this. I'm going to quit. And then, oh, maybe this is okay. And it kind of goes back up again. It reminds me of that. So, yeah, just being aware of it is so handy because we're like, okay, I can get through this. This isn't me. This is just, yeah, my body. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear what advice or what we can do as business owners. You know, we do have a little bit of control and flexibility over our schedules and our weeks how you suggest or if you've got any advice for what we do knowing now each of those four inner seasons with how we can approach that with our business and even if you wanted to share how you do it if that's helpful yeah yeah I mean you can listen to me talk about this stuff all day but if you're not actually having a relationship with your own cycle then you're not going to be able to integrate it in the way that's going to be most of value a menstrual cycle awareness practice basically you can track it through an app you could track it through a paper journal Uh, whatever way feels good to you. I know some women who track their cycles just in the notes section of their phone. There's an app called Clue that I really love, I think is free to download. And then for me, I personally do a little bit of journaling around how I'm feeling about my cycle each day. But in essence, the practice is asking yourself the questions, what day of my cycle am I on? How do I feel today? And based on how I'm feeling and what I know about my cycle, what do I choose for myself? In order to listen to our own body wisdom, we actually have to take the time to listen. It could be noticing things like, I'm feeling really tired today, or I'm feeling really focused and creative, or I want to move my body, or I need rest. I'm feeling really social. I'm feeling like I want time to myself. And then based on that, you can kind of make those choices. And then over time, as you get to know your own cycle more intimately, then you can plan things more in advance. So the first thing would be tracking your cycle and starting to get to know it. The second thing... I would recommend would be to try and schedule in some rest around your period. Like right now, if you know kind of where you're at in your cycle, you could look at when you're expecting your next period to arrive and schedule out that space in your calendar so that anything that doesn't absolutely, absolutely have to be there is not there. And maybe you get there and you feel like doing some work or you feel like going out, but you're giving yourself that space to honor whatever you feel when you're bleeding. And for most women, if we get really honest, that is that we want to rest. And it's so nice to do that for ourselves, give us that permission, which can be hard to do like we've spoken about, but to give that permission and and kind of mark it out in advance. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're someone who's thinking like, oh, that's nice for you that you get to take a whole day off. It doesn't have to be a whole day or a few days. It could be maybe like say if you had kids and you were working for someone else, some of my mentors, Alexandra and Shani from Red School, they have this concept called the 1% concept. So it's like, okay, what would my ideal self-care look like? And then how can I give myself 1% of that? Maybe that looks like curling up on your bed for 10 minutes and just breathing. And that's your rest. And I think one of the things 
that I really love to share with women is that often it's not even about how much we rest. It's that we're actually deeply resting when we do. So that's the difference between relaxing and resting. So if I'm like watching a movie on Netflix and scrolling through Instagram, maybe that's like leisure time, but is it actually deeply nourishing and relaxing? No. (laughs) Whereas me actually just lying in bed and being with myself, even if that's only 15 minutes, like that's more deeply nourishing than me taking three hours of binge watching some TV show. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that stuff, but it's just asking yourself if rest is the priority in that moment, like what is actually going to be deeply restful? And often that means actually just completely stopping, sitting out and having a hot cup of tea and staring at the sky, going and putting your feet in the sand, lying on the floor for five minutes, doing some like belly breathing into your womb or putting your legs up the wall, which is one of my favorite things if you experience menstrual cramps. We don't have to have days, although if you have them, definitely take them and see how that makes you feel. But it's about asking yourself, you know, within the parameters of what I've committed to in my life. I even notice even if I just put all the devices away and just take like two minutes <laughs> and actually breathe properly, I'm like, wow, that was so easy. <laughs> Why do I never do this? For some reason, it's super hard. I know from my experience just to actually do it because we're always so connected and scrolling. One of the key pieces for a lot of women is learning how to set boundaries around their energy and their time. Like, like these days, and it would have been totally different five years ago, For me, the cycle is just a part of daily conversation and it is for a lot of women in my life too. So it's easy for me to be like, no, I can't do that weekend, my period's due. For example, with you, like I scheduled this podcast today because I knew that I was going to be crossing over from spring to summer, which means I'm feeling more extroverted. I'm feeling more articulate. Like that's one of the things in our inner summer and spring, we're just more articulate with our words. Whereas like a few days before my period, I feel like I can't even string a sentence together. And so <laughs> I scheduled this for this time in the cycle because I knew that I would be able to give more value and that I would have more fun doing it. So that's actually a really good practical tip. Like anything that requires confidence or being in front of people, like teaching a workshop, being on a podcast, doing a Facebook live, like those things are really great for your inner spring and summer. And like the first few days of your inner autumn, that more yang phase of your cycle, because you will be able to give more value and you will probably enjoy doing it more because you're wanting to be in that space. That's one way that I really use the cycle work in my business. Circling back to the boundaries piece, I think the more that you get to know your own cycle and get to understand how you can support yourself in the different phases to really thrive throughout your entire cycle, when you get clear on your own needs, it's easier to be more discerning and to set boundaries around things in your life because you get really clear on the fact that when you do that, it serves you and it serves everyone else in your life. Whereas because we've been conditioned to think that we should be in that superwoman energy all the time and the, that inner summer superwoman phase is the archetype of the mother. The mother is the nurturer. She's the one who's really generous. She has infinite resources and time and patience for everyone. And you know we have that for one week of the cycle. That's not us for the other weeks. And so when we get clear on that, then it's easier to yeah, set those boundaries and then we get more time for the things that serve us and allow us to rest and replenish. That is just as important as being in that superwoman phase where we're giving to everyone. At the start of this year, I went to Officeworks, bought myself this huge like whiteboard calendar and I marked in basically those few days where I was expecting to be bleeding, you know, the inner winter. Because I, I learned so much from you that there's different inner seasons that we are just naturally better at doing different things and we can be more productive and all that type of thing and knowing that when you're in your inner winter or even late autumn like you're probably not going to want to be like you've mentioned Alicia running workshops holding events so now I've literally marked them out so I can see when I do want to rest and not really be out public and that type of thing and then start scheduling the events that I run or or interviews or that type of thing around those so that's yeah super practical and I think that kind of relates back to having some boundaries in place knowing ourselves and just starting to be aware of what we can do around the inner seasons. Would there be, if we ran through those four, the spring, summer, autumn, winter, could you say maybe a couple of tasks that might be great to do during those? Because I think that would be really interesting. Absolutely. So the inner winter, that's a time for 
brainstorming, envisioning, and intention setting. So if you, it's kind of a time to map out your entire cycle. So there's a process that I love to do where I'll just get like an A3 sheet of paper and divide it into four, like one for each of the inner seasons. I'll jot down like a couple of words around the energy of each one. So for summer, it might be like connection and energy and confidence in my, in autumn, it might be like creativity, intuition, truth, something like that. And then I would look at like what I had coming up for the month ahead and kind of jot down like where in those inner seasons it would come most naturally to me. Sometimes obviously we don't have the luxury of choosing and then it's about how we can support ourselves to thrive in the best way that we can. But by planning out, like mapping out that month ahead, we're giving ourselves the best chance for as much flow and ease as we can possibly have. And then what I would do is I would just condense it down to one post-it note per season and I would just pop it on my computer so I would know like in my inner summer these are what my priorities are and I think another reason why this is important is because as our energy rises as we move into our spring and summer it can be very easy to just say yes to everything (laughs) and then often what happens is you know women get to their inner autumn and they start feeling that call to slow down and there's this kind of like frustration or resentment, like, I want to stay in my inner summer. I want to be in that superwoman energy. I'm not done yet. But if we get really intentional at the beginning of the cycle around how we want to use the energy of that cycle, then we have a much better chance of getting to the inner autumn and feeling really fulfilled because we've used that energy in in an intentional way for things that are important to us. When I started working with the cycle, I've realized that not everything has to happen right now. It's like, what do I want to create this cycle? And then, you know, the rest of the stuff can wait until the next cycle or the one after that. So that's probably my favorite thing to do for the inner winter. And as I said, if you rest and make space for yourself, it's also a time where you'll get a lot of ideas and a lot of clarity and a lot of downloads. So that's often where I do all my brainstorming and visioning and things like that. Inner spring is a time for really experimenting and getting playful with creation so I will actually give you an example from my graphic design business that's where I started sort of playing with this so what I would do is I would sync my branding projects with my cycle and so I would try and start a branding project just around the end of my inner winter so that I was using that really playful creative energy of my inner spring to do different design concepts I was like playing with different ideas and then your inner summer it's kind of the peak of your focus, but it's got a much more like structured quality to it than the kind of lightness of spring. And so that would be the time where I would kind of finalize a brand concept. So I'd, you know, use that focus and creative energy to really bring things to life. So it's a time where we get to manifest all of those ideas and all of those concepts from the first half of the cycle and turn them into something tangible. For example, my online course earlier in the year, like I was doing the bulk of my content creation in my inner summer because I knew that's when I would feel most articulate and most creative and I'd have the focus to really get that done. Any of that stuff that requires you to be out and be seen, that's a really great thing to schedule in your inner summer. Anything that scares you because you have more confidence and more resilience, your inner autumn The way that I see it, there's kind of two phases to your inner autumn. So there's those first few days where you're still like feeling quite energized and that's a really great time to do any like really powerful creative work. Our natural superpower, one of them during that time is like editing and refining. We naturally in that phase of the cycle because of hormonal shifts start to see things that we literally couldn't see before. To give the example of like a design project for me, that would be making like final revisions and tying it up and making sure the project was finished. So details. Yeah, details. Or if it was writing course content, that's when I would go through and like edit because it had had this kind of ruthless clarity around what gets to stay and what gets to go. And then those last couple of days when you're in that void space where your energy really starts to dip, it's about asking you know, what can you do that really doesn't require a lot of creativity, a lot of focus? In my business, that could be things like sending all my receipts to my bookkeeper or like fixing a technical glitch on my website or answering emails, like doing accounts, all that stuff that we put off for the whole rest of the cycle, like the last two to three days, that's when you get to do all that stuff and you'll be glad to do it because it'll make you feel like you're doing something 
And that's a great point because um, you spoke about in the spring and summer, especially when the ideas are flowing or more confident, we're less self-critical. That would be a perfect time for people to be filming some videos, writing coffee and bringing those ideas to fruition. So it's really interesting. And then when you move more into the autumn, it's kind of refining that, editing it. And then winter, you're almost looking forward, coming up with some ideas, but not necessarily acting on them. Would that be an accurate kind of summary? Yeah, exactly. And that's a really good point. Like, and something I forgot to mention, which is, yes, in the inner winter, we are receiving all of those ideas. And often our tendency, especially once we get around, say, day three, four of the cycle, where maybe our bit of our energy starts to come back, the tendency is to be like, I've got a bit of energy, I'm going to use it to start to like dive into all of this stuff, because you feel so excited about it. I think for a lot of women, myself included in the past, that's why we feel like we're constantly stuck in a cycle of burnout, because as soon as we get a little bit of energy, we're giving it away. But what if you just kind of sat back and surrendered a little bit to your inner winter and allowed all those ideas and gave them breathing space, knowing that the time to act on them was going to come in a couple of days, and then it would feel really natural and easy to start to bring things to life. So I think as well, Alicia, that there's this traditional, and it's still very much the main kind of idea or belief that we're on a 24-hour kind of cycle when really that's half of the population on a 24-hour cycle being males. I would love to hear, and I know that my audience love to hear too, around a little bit into your own daily cycle, what that looks like for you, what your workday, personal day kind of looks like, what you fit in, what, how you do change this around your cycle, how much you work. It would be really interesting to hear a little bit into yeah, how you structure your own work. That's totally right. We do tend to operate on this 24-hour cycle, but you know, as you said, men have a 24 hour hormonal cycle. And so they really thrive on a framework of getting up at the same time every day, working out at the same time every day. Like there's a very kind of linear energy to that, that allows men to thrive because it aligns with their kind of inner cycle. Whereas for women, we do have a 28 to 30, however long your cycle is, like that is our hormonal cycle. And when we really realize this, it has the power to shift everything, like using exercise, as an example, I used to be like, okay, I've got to go to the gym this many times per week. And on this day, I go to this class and I've got to do yoga this many times and whatever it was. And I would feel like a failure if I didn't do it or which was more likely I would go even if I didn't feel like it, even if my body was telling me that it didn't want to. But once I started to see it wasn't about what I did in a day or a week, it was about that view of the entire cycle, then it allowed me the space to really flow with what my body was needing. So in my inner summer where I have a lot more physical energy and strength, I'm more likely to be doing more hip workouts and things like that. And then, you know, as I get closer to my period, it's more like gentle yoga and walks out in nature. And usually on the first couple of days of my cycle, now I don't do any movement at all, which took a long time of leaning into the discomfort of that. And now that feels really easy. I think when we can look at our kind of schedule in a more cyclical way, firstly, it allows us to honor what is going to serve us in the best way. And it also allows us to be a lot more gentle and kind with ourselves, which I think is so important because as women, we can be, I mean, as humans, but as women, especially, I think we can be so hard on ourselves. What does my day look like? For me, I always have time in the morning for my like morning routine or my embodiment practices. And this used to be a really rigid thing. It used to be like, okay, I've got to get up at this time and meditate for this many minutes and journal for three pages and then do an hour of exercise. And the more I started getting into the cycle work, the more I realized that I actually needed different things at different times in the cycle. So I was just going to say, that's almost like the most powerful message everyone can take away that if we're being kind to ourselves and everything, we can't expect every single day to be able to do the same things. It's just not kind of what we're meant to be doing. So that's, yeah, really interesting to hear. Little ways that my morning routine would change might be, you know, in my inner summer because the energy is quite high and you can sometimes feel quite ungrounded. Often I'll do a guided meditation because I find that having someone else guide me through a meditation process is more likely to calm that monkey mind. Whereas when I'm bleeding and I feel really internal and I feel really dropped into my intuition, I can just sit down and do my own meditation practice and that feels quite easy. In my inner autumn, because, you know, there can be a lot of emotional stuff bubbling up. It can feel like quite a wild and turbulent time. I found that if I don't have a lot of time for a morning practice, what's actually most beneficial for me is to do something that's going to shift 
energy because we store all that emotional energy in our body and if we can shift it out then we can go through our day feeling a lot more calm and grounded so in my in autumn if I was to do like one thing in the morning it would probably be a practice of some breath work like breath of joy is a really great one if you youtube that you can see what it looks like and then I'll put on some music and just do some like intuitive dance and I find that dropping into my body in that way in my inner autumn is actually going to set me up for success better than sitting down or journaling and trying to think my way through all the emotional stuff that's going on. You have your toolkit of meditation, of journaling, of movement, and it's about tuning into your body and going like, okay, so I've got 30 minutes or I've got an hour. What does my body actually need today? How am I feeling? Because there's no point sitting down and me doing like 25 minutes of meditation if I'm just going to sit there and think about stuff the whole time, I'm probably actually better off moving that chaotic energy through my body with some breath or some movement so that I can come back to a place of centering. That's very, very helpful. So thank you. And Alicia, I'd love to ask you, and I'm switching topics a little bit now into your business to hear a little bit more, but I often say to people the way or how you start your business is not going to be how it ends up. And um, I think that's definitely, it's definitely the case for me. And I know it's definitely the case for you. And you touched on just before that you run a graphic design studio. And now you're also, you run um, women's circles, workshops, and you an online coach too. So I guess that's been a more recent area that you've brought into your business. I think it'd be really interesting to hear kind of, I guess, how you made that decision, because I know a lot of people probably would have felt stuck and that they couldn't kind of start bringing in another area to their business if they already were a graphic designer. I don't know. I'd love to hear kind of how you you are approaching it and what it's looking like for you just in this very moment. It's really interesting because looking back, this business kind of connects a lot of dots from my past. It feels like a natural evolution, even though it does look from the outside like quite an abrupt shift. So for me, with the graphic design and illustration business, all the clients that I work with are women in the wellness and spirituality industry. So that's always been like a passion in my work. I've always been really interested in that area. I'm a bit of a personal development, health and wellness junkie in my own life. And probably maybe two years into running my design business, I did a yoga teacher training. And then so I started to get into like um, learning about chakras and womb stuff. And I was starting to explore the menstrual cycle in my own personal life. And then when I realized how much creativity and your cycles and you know all of the energy work and things were connected it started out with I was teaching yoga on the side of doing design and I started running creativity workshops it was kind of a combination of movement and meditation and helping women kind of unravel some of their limiting beliefs around creativity and then we would do like they would make mandalas and so that was kind of the first crossover point and I would do blessing ways for pregnant women where I paint the mandalas on their bellies. And so there were those first kind of touch points where those, it started to kind of seed what was coming. And then it just got to the point where it was almost like I was starting to get overwhelmed with social media because I felt like I was trying to fit all of myself into the boundaries of my design business. And so I wanted to be sharing on like how our menstrual cycle mirrors the creative process and how that had really amplified the way that I worked in my design business. And essentially the change came because I was like, okay, I feel like there are all these things I want to be sharing that don't quite fit into the boundaries of what people expect from a a creative. And so I was like, I'll just start a personal Instagram and I'll start sharing on there. And that was kind of my like dipping my toe in. And then it just sort of exploded. Like I couldn't believe like how much women wanted to hear about this stuff. There are other things like I was running one day retreats and yoga workshops and things on the side of my creative business and they've just slowly sort of woven together. And then over the last year or so, I've also trained as a holistic pelvic care practitioner, which is like a hands-on healing modality for restoring balance in the pelvic bowl. Yeah, it's just been this natural evolution over time. And they, they kind of were crossing over at one point and then there came a time where I felt like they needed to separate in order for them both to really bloom. And who knows, maybe they'll come together again in the future. I think it's awesome that you went with what felt right and you didn't, I guess, shut off because you felt like, oh no, that's not what I should do. And that's not what would be normal or whatever it might be, because often it's said to just 
like stay on one thing and focus on just that. But I think businesses and people like we've got so many facets to us. So it's super interesting to see someone going with it. And then I love like that, how both your businesses are so connected anyway. It's, it's really cool. I don't want to make it seem like it was an easy thing. Cause I definitely did have all those beliefs. Like, oh my gosh, what if one of my design clients sees me talking about periods? What if someone from high school sees me talking about that? What if one of my clients sees me doing a Facebook live about the menstrual cycle and wonders why I'm not working on their project right now? Like all of that stuff bubbled up. But ultimately for me, like the women's embodiment work felt like a soul calling. It was like something that was being birthed through me that I got to the point where I just couldn't ignore it. I was lying awake and all the stuff was bubbling in my head. I was like, I've got to have an outlet for it. And that started as the Instagram. But um, yeah, I think sometimes things just choose us. And I've never really felt like I had a choice about this business. Like it's kind of like it's coming whether I'm ready or not. There's been a lot of lessons in the last few years. And one of my like the biggest things has been learning to outsource and get more support in my businesses to allow me to do both because I am still running the design business and feminine body work and cycle coaching is still 18 months in. So it's still quite a new, a new thing. I mean, it's not a new thing in my life, but in terms of like being a business, it's still quite a baby business. So sometimes I find the balance most weeks, it just feels pretty chaotic, but I love it all. So it's fun. Well, Alicia, I'd love to just wrap up with a couple of last questions. I put these into my own community to see what they would love to hear from the people that I interviewed. And these were some of the ones that they asked. So I'd love you to tell us a little bit about a big win or one of your wins. And if you celebrated this, how you celebrated it, what it looked like. Recently, I had a few kind of wins align. One of them was that my design business turned four. So that happened. I completed my holistic pelvic care training and then I began the second round of my online group coaching program in my feminine embodiment business. And I was all aligned. And I had this moment of like, if myself four years ago could have seen this, like she would think this was amazing. And I think we are so quick to be like, okay, like tick onto the next. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got to do something to celebrate this. And I am um, like really simple, but it felt so luxurious. I ordered myself a lover's box of chocolates from Loco Love. Ooh. It's like a beautiful, like organic handmade chocolate brand. And they're just, they feel so luxurious. And it was like the box of nine chocolates or whatever it was. So I went online and I ordered that gift myself. And then, oh, that is so there. good. So then, like every morning for a week, I got to sit and have my, I made a practice out of it. I like, we made my cup of rose tea and I would pick my chocolate out of the box and I would go and sit out in the sun for like a 10 or 15 minute oh. morning break. I think there's something so beautiful about honoring yourself and doing something really beautiful for yourself in the same way that you would like a sister or a loved mm. one so because we never do <laughs> unless yeah we're purposeful that was just a really simple thing but I got so much joy out of it oh that's awesome well done for actually celebrating a little bit and then on the flip side another question is around low points and how you got through those and what that looks like for you I would say probably a lot of the low points in my business, and there have been many over the last four years, probably have been times where I've hit burnout. And there have been a lot of those, in all honesty, I think, because especially when we're so excited about what we're doing, it's so easy to just be like, yes, I want to do it all now. Like you can see the big vision and we want it to be here and like we're two feet in. And then there have been a lot of times where I've gotten myself into really overwhelming situations and I've always made it through but I think the big things that have really landed for me this year because that's just, the story of overwhelm is one that I'm really committed to rewriting right now it's something that I'm very intentionally working on so the first one has been really leaning more into my cycle awareness practice so really looking more at how I can create more space for myself especially around my inner autumn and my inner winter because there was a time at the start of the year where I'd ended up committing myself so much that I wasn't even, I wasn't taking weekends, I wasn't taking evenings. And I started to really um, feel the loss of that rest time. So it's been really deepening my commitment to that. And often that means, you know, during the more yang half of my cycle that I am working what people would think are insane hours. But it feels like, it feels really good for me during that point in my cycle. And then it's about how can I carve out really deep rest during my period, during that time where I do need the rest. And then the other piece has been, as I said before, I really learned that I need to ask for more support, that I get to not do it all alone because my tendency when I get overwhelmed is to really just isolate myself and be like, I'm going to shoulder it all and I'm going to just 
stop seeing friends and stop doing whatever because I've you know I don't have time that's a total story I can relate to that I've been learning that everything is better when you ask for help and when you really prioritize having those connections in your life especially of other women who are in business who are in the same sort of space all of a sudden everything just feels so much lighter yeah those relationships are just the best aren't they with um yeah other people that kind of get it so last question alicia before i let you get on with your day looking back now what would you tell your pre-business self if you had the chance in one sense i'm so glad that i didn't know a lot of what i (laughs) because i think like i so i started my design business when i was 21 and i had no idea about the personal growth journey (laughs) that i was in for and i think there's something to be said for that naivety like obviously you know you learn a lot from you know other people's mistakes and there's a lot to be said for not going through things if you don't have to but I think the fact that I didn't know what I didn't know sometimes was a strength but one thing that I wish that I had really understood earlier is that I don't have to be a lone wolf I don't have to try and just do everything by myself for so long especially the first few years of my business I really was stuck in a pattern of work came before all of my relationships and I didn't think I had time to be out, you know, spending time with friends and doing whatever. And the more that I have prioritized time to build relationships, whether they're women who are in business or not, I think both are equally important. Everything has just become so much easier. And, you know, I've been really leaning this year into collaborating more and being in masterminds and just surrounding myself with community. And I wish that there's something that I had understood earlier because I spent the first few years basically just like isolated working from home by myself thinking I didn't have time to build relationships with anyone that made all the low points a lot lower and more isolating than I think perhaps they needed to be so yeah that's probably the one thing I tell myself yeah it can be super lonely when we're in business because a lot of us do work by ourselves at home all day so (laughs) go a little bit crazy so thank you Alicia so much for sharing so much time with us and even just like a little insight into all the knowledge that you have I think people are gonna be blown away like I was when I first kind of became aware of all this that goes on in our bodies that we don't really listen to what's the best place to go to find out more about you so my website is a good place day to day I'm sharing mostly on Instagram like I'm always doing stories and lives and sharing kind of updates of where I'm at in my cycle and how that's kind of affecting the choices that I'm making in my life so you can find me there Alicia Rose Kruger from there I've got a free cycle map that um, women who are interested in learning more can download so it talks a little bit about how you can start tracking your cycle and it's got a summary of the four inner seasons so you can start to look at like maybe how you can be syncing things in your business and your life with each of the seasons yeah and then I've got like a few events coming up on the Gold Coast and my online group coaching program is about to be open again so you can find, you can find all of that through there fantastic aliciarosekruger.com so alicia thank you so much for speaking with me and have a have a lovely day thank you my pleasure thank you for listening to the emily osmond show brought to you by my instagram freebies which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free so please take a few seconds to leave me a review subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast upload it to your social media and tag me at emily osmond so i can give you a shout out too until next time remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.